0: You're listening to Environmentally Speaking, a weekly podcast diving into legal matters surrounding the environment, public utilities, energy, zoning, and permitting laws in Rhode Island and the surrounding areas with your host, Marissa Desittel Good afternoon. This is Environmentally Speaking. I am Marissa Desittel an environmental attorney with a few decades of
1: experience. And with me today is Clarice. Hey, everybody. Marissa is back after last week's episode. I promised she wasn't gone forever. I'm Clarice. I'm a paralegal, bringing your topics in question to the table. And this week, I picked the PUC. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how oftentimes in the office, there's a theme of the week. And this week, I feel like I have been living in alphabet soup. Between the RIPUC, the EFSB, there's a lot going on. So, I think I picked yeah, I picked the PUC which is the Public Utilities Commission of Rhode Island and that's been that's been the world I've been living in and you've been loving every second of it. Oh, so much. It's just I'm daydreaming about about them. I can't even finish that line.
0: <laughs> regulatory acronyms. So, okay. the PUC with the the acronym meaning Public Utilities Commission is a a quasi-judicial tribunal that deals with statutory standards of conduct in the state. They're a, a commission that's created by state law in Rhode Island. Specifically, they are mandated to supervise, regulate, and make written orders dealing with company conduct which companies offer to the public, energy, communication, and transportation services. They also deal with water supplies, unreasonable rates and tolls. But for the most part, the Public Utilities Commission is is dealing with energy, communication, and transportation services. And it's actually made up of two different bodies. You've got the Public Utilities Commission, which is a a commission, a panel of of uh, board members, as well as the Division of Public Utilities and Carriers. They're a little bit different. I'm happy to go into that, but maybe we just stick with the Public Utilities Commission to start.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like kind of a broad overall is the Public Utilities Commission deals with everything it takes sort of to make the town or city run, all of its basic functions, its transportation, It's electricity, it's water, everything it kind of needs to have its basic functionings.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to express it. And interestingly enough, one of the things that I learned from doing this work is you don't realize the different entities that exist in Rhode Island that exist simply to make sure that you have drinking water every day, that your telephone bill is not unreasonable. You just, you kind of, not that you take things for granted, but unless you're immersed in the work, you don't really know how rates are set and and how your, your clean drinking water is being billed to you as a consumer. You've got a few different um, water authorities in the state of Rhode Island. They have to appear before the Public Utilities Commission. They're a... a quasi-state group uh, that, that deal with uh, water supply by county, but they're ultimately regulated by the Public Utilities Commission.
1: How does that work? How do these, and I'm sure it's not just water, I'm sure there's a similar kind of breakdown for electric and communication and things like that. How do these quasi- almost county-based operations interact with the, the bigger umbrella? So
0: I'm going to, I'm going to avoid electricity because that's probably the most complicated area that the, that the PUC or that I work on before the PUC, but the water, water rates are a good example. And trust me, those cases are very complicated, but since we're already talking about it, um, let's say, for example, you own property in the East Bay, you would get your water from the um, Bristol County Water Authority. Let's say you live in Bristol. So now you're dealing with the Bristol, counter, Bristol County Water Authority and you get a bill from them. I think it's quarterly and you can see on that bill that you've consumed a certain amount of water within that time period. And you can see that that amount of water is then billed to you at a, at a certain rate per gallon, let's say and then there are taxes on top of that you might have service fees on top of that administrative fees and you just you write the check and those amounts vary by season but for the most part you know you know your your average water usage per quarter the rate itself though can fluctuate depending on what's happening outside of the four walls of the actual water county building. Let's say there's a drought, you know, with climate change that's happening, we're already seeing an increase in in water rates, supply and demand situation. If there's not enough water around and people are still consuming it at the rate they always have, it puts a, a demand on the system that the water authority then has to meet. And they have various methods by which they try to meet the water demand. But if they're going to a third party to try to get more water, then they're subject to that third party's increased rates and fees. So the Public Utilities Commission gets involved to make sure that those scenarios are properly covered and properly billed to the consumer. The PUC ultimately is concerned with protecting the consumer. So in that example that I just gave, the PUC is looking out for the homeowner and the, the, the party consuming water.
1: Oh, so the county is kind of the person taking action and the PUC is looking over it and deciding whether or not that action is acceptable and in the best interest of all of the people who will be affected by it. Yep, that's right. right. So how do attorneys fit in? I mean, I've seen our paperwork. (laughs) I kind of have a sense of it, but talk a little bit about more, talk a little bit more about how we get involved.
0: Any... Corporation in Rhode Island must be represented by an attorney t- in order to appear before any state agency or in the court system. So let's say we're representing a corporate client. They would hire us to file an entry of appearance, which is essentially a document telling, in this example, the Public Utilities Commission, hello, my name is Marissa Desitell, and I represent this corporate entity, I'm going to be appearing on their behalf and making arguments. And it's not gonna be the the corporate CEO that shows up and tries to do this. It's gotta be an attorney. So that's the first hurdle, gotta be an attorney. Once the matter is before the Public Utilities Commission, and when I say before, I mean the corporate entity has to either be brought into the Public Utilities Commission or they have to make their own filing, which means they wanna take some kind of affirmative affirmative action to get approval from the PUC for, uh, let's say changing its, its water rate. We'll stick with that example. So I would appear before the Public Utilities Commission, file whatever pleadings are appropriate for the particular subject matter, and then return to the Public Utilities Commission for a preliminary conference to set up the scheduling, to go through any preliminary issues and arguments, and then ultimately to set a procedural schedule to move forward with whatever hearing proceedings the PUC requires.
1: The PUC I know is its own commission, like you said before. So do matters go in front of the commission and to court, or are there steps that separate like first you go to the commission and then you go to court or can you go straight into the courthouse?
0: It depends, of course, on
1: on the cause of action. But I would say as
0: a general rule, the public utilities commission is your first stop. If you're a, a water utility or telecommunications carrier or an energy company, you go there first, you get your decision from them. And then depending on what statute you're dealing with, Sometimes there's a right of appeal directly to the Rhode Island Supreme Court. And then sometimes there's a right of appeal to the Rhode Island Superior Court. So it depends
1: on the matter. It sounds like these are going to be lengthy matters no matter what the subject is. So yes,
0: yes, As, as are most regulatory situations. They're not real estate closings that happen in a couple of months, which are also very stressful. But yeah, these types of regulatory oversight and approvals take years, can take years.
1: Moving on to the idea of open meetings. Um, We've attended several open meetings for the PUC. Uh, They're constantly coming up in my inbox. Is that something for anybody to attend? I know that you said an attorney has to come in for a corporation, but Could somebody at home who's curious to see what's going on with their water rate, could they attend the meeting? Do they have space to speak at them? Yes. The Public Utilities
0: Commission is subject to the state's Open Meetings Act because they're a public body. So anytime they are engaging in an activity that they are required to by state law, that activity has to be open to the public's review Sometimes if they're having an open meeting and it's, it's just for purposes of, of deliberating and rendering a decision, the public might not have an opportunity to speak. But in those cases, when they post the agenda for the meeting, they let you know what type of meeting it is. They'll say an opportunity for public comment will be given or the PUC will be deliberating and rendering a decision. No public comment will be given. And then physically, the PUC is now open again, post uh, COVID shutdown. When you go to the Public Utilities Commission, there's a space for the public to sit. There are chairs that are behind the tables reserved for the attorneys. So it's pretty comfortable in terms of there being enough space and enough room and the public is always welcome to attend all the hearings at the PUC. And And they are frankly, Attended. There are always interested parties that are there, either speaking in favor of, speaking against, taking notes. Um, sometimes there are journalists there covering matters if they're
1: of statewide importance. So if there's nothing on TV and you're feeling nosy, or you're just kind of curious, you could go to an open meeting. It's a thing. Head on head on over to Jefferson Boulevard. More with <laughs> Rhode so you had talked about public utilities commission and. Um, another department with carriers. Let's go into that just a little bit. Sure. That's the
0: public, the other section of the Public Utilities Commission known as the Division of Public Utilities and Carriers. People generally refer to them as the division. It's the commission and the division. But the division is a separate entity that deals with rates, tariffs, tolls, Um, and and the reasonableness of facilities and accommodations of common carriers. So, uh, excuse me, over the state's public roadways. So they deal with kind of the the areas that the Public Utilities Commission doesn't. The more um, regulated public roadway matters. They are also in attendance at every Public Utilities Commission proceeding. They're what's known as an indispensable party. So anytime you go to the public utilities commission at a a hearing, you'll see someone from the division who's representing them
1: in attendance. So is the division always involved with the commission, but the commission may not always affect the division? Um, The commission affects the division in the sense that
0: they have to enforce the directives of the PUC but they don't attend division meetings necessarily.
1: I have to be honest. I didn't know that. After all this time with all of these mailings, I was like, this makes sense now. You are. I know procedurally I'm supposed to mail things to this person and this person, and now I understand why. So, you know, if our listeners already knew this, good for them, but I learned something new today. That's the takeaway. (laughs) That is the takeaway. Is there anything else that's important to know about the Public Utilities Commission or? They have a really great user-friendly website.
0: So if you did wanna learn more about what is currently being decided before the PUC, just type in RIPUC into Google and check out their website. You can look at all the dockets and the materials that have been filed. Um, It's it's self-explanatory and and, uh, they do a great job of making sure that materials are uploaded
1: in a timely fashion. And on our website, we do have a blog post about the PUC. So you could always yeah, refresh yourself, read, too. Our, read our blog, and then head over and see the site. Um, and also, if you have any topics, comments, things you'd want us to talk about, feel free to send them over to help at All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Environmentally Speaking. If you're in need of an environmental attorney, We are here to help. Call us at 401-477-0023 or visit our website at www.desatellaw.com. That's www.desatellaw.com.